right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, I'm Darlin, and as you know, if you've been following along on the podcast, I've been talking a lot about adolescents and teenagers, and this is all in preparation of my masterclass that I'm offering on October 12th. You're all invited. It's $25. You can access the, uh, the link to sign up at calmmamacoaching.com backslash teens masterclass. And we'll have that in the show notes. But I want to talk today a little bit about fear and raising teens and kind of what comes up for us when, I mean, this fear is actually really common in all stages of parenting. Um, I mean, I see it with like moms of young kids. They're like, you know, is this normal? My kid's not sleeping through the night. They used to be sleep trained and now they're having nightmares. Are they okay? Or you know, in elementary school, you know, they're having a lot of trouble learning to read or, you know, they're having friend, friendship issues. And it's like, oh my gosh, is this normal? Is my kid okay? So fear is sort of always present and it actually isn't, it can be helpful. Like I'm thinking of when my younger son was around two, we were at this place where there was a trolley and he went to cross this little road and went right in front of the trolley. And my like mom fear instinct was like, whoosh. And I went and grabbed him and scooped him up. And literally the trolley stopped at my body. Like I was in between the trolley and my son, <laughs> me. So fear is helpful. I don't want to discount it. But I think sometimes we trip ourselves up by getting really worried about things and kind of, um, you know, creating a lot of chaos in our mind. And then that actually makes us more reactive with our kids. So I'm going to talk about fear in this episode. I'm going to give you some strategies to overcome fear by cultivating trust. So we're going to talk about that. But I want to talk first about what it's like to raise children in general. Because I think it's very confusing of like, how much are we supposed to rescue? When are we supposed to get involved? You know, if we're worried, are our fears valid? Are we supposed to do something? Are we not? Like, how do we know all of that? So I keep, I always think of this image of a tightrope walker. So, you know, think about a circus and you have like a tightrope walker and, you know, they're really up high and they're on a really fine rope or whatever material it is. And they're going to walk across from one side to the other. Now, the reason that we all like to watch that, right? Is because it's kind of like, ooh, are they going to fall, right? That's like, you know, how how we, um, what's exhilarating about watching that. So your kids, they are like, they're on the tightrope, right? So they're up high and they're navigating the distances between one developmental stage to another. And it is their job to walk across and to grow and to become and to move through these de developmental stages. They are the tightrope walker. We are not on the rope with them. What we are, though, is we're the net holder. So even though we're at the circus and we're like, oh, what's going to happen? We all kind of know that there's a net, right, down below so that the tightrope walker, if they were to fall, they would be safe still. So it's exhilarating and we also have this feeling of safety and we're not, you know, it doesn't seem dangerous. It just seems exciting. 
So I want you to think about you as the net holder. And I like to think of it like this. When your kids are really little, like, you know, little, little, like infants and then preschoolers and elementary school. So when they're real little, especially preschoolers, your net is really close to the tightrope because you're literally keeping your kid alive, right? You have to be very hands-on, very physical. You're right in it. Your net is close. You're making sure they don't cross the street without you. They're making sure, you know, that they don't get um, get injured, get infections, right? Like you're, you're monitoring them. How's their digestion? Like you're really close, right? You're the net holder and you're really close up. Now, but as your kid gets older, your job is to lower your net a little bit with each developmental stage. Now, this is where the fear comes in. Dropping your net can be very scary for you as the parent, especially when your teenager starts making very adult decisions and maybe those decisions aren't so great and you're feeling terrified that they're gonna fall off the tightrope, right? That they're gonna die, that they're gonna, like something terrible is gonna happen. And your body is tight with panic. I feel that panic in my, in my chest a lot and in my belly. Ooh, I just feel it in my body, my fear for my kids. And I, I, so I'm just recognizing, acknowledging that it's, and it's an actual fear, right? And what your brain is trying to say is like, don't let them fall. Like, okay, you know what? It's not safe. We dropped our net too far. We got to raise it back up. And we can start to feel a little bit panicked and we can start to get into rescuing and hyper controlling mode. But the bummer about that is that the drop, okay, first falling is normal. If your children fall off of their tightrope, they're, they're supposed to, they're learning, they're growing, they're moving from one developmental stage to another. Of course, they're going to sometimes make mistakes, sometimes they're going to fall. Falling is normal. And the falling is the learning. That's where all the learning happens. It's the it's the drop, the fall from the tightrope to the net. That's where the learning happens. So we don't let our kids just, you know, oh, well, I guess you're just smashed down and your life is over and good luck, right? No, we have a net. So what I'm offering to you today is that you want to prevent the fall. You want to prevent the mistake. Now, of course, we want to talk about whether something is an affordable mistake or not, right? We're not going to, you know, give our kids alcohol and then hand them car keys. Like, oh, good luck. No, we need to be wise. And I'm going to help you figure out how to become more wise in this episode and then, of course, in the class. But what I want you to understand right now is that when you are watching your kid at the, on that tightrope, you're going to feel afraid and you're going to want to not let them fall. And I am telling you that when, when we let them fall and we let them experience that, <gasps> like that is where the learning happens. We, we as adults now, we've failed a few times, even little things like, whoa, I drank way too much and I feel like crap today. So I am not going to drink like that anymore. Or I have driven too fast and got a speeding ticket and ended up 
you know, having to pay more for car insurance, not worth it. Right. I, I think I talked about this with my son, like with, oh, I didn't talk about this in the podcast yet, but with Sawyer, you know, breaking his leg and how he fell skateboarding. And now he is thinking to himself, hmm, that was a real big risk. I'm not maybe interested in doing that anymore. I'm going to take different risks with my body. So the literally with my son falling and breaking his leg, um, it is the learning. Of course, I, I do know that teenagers can make mistakes that aren't affordable. And that's where it is scary and risky. And watching your kid fall is hard and it feels sometimes like it's unaffordable mistake. And I'm going to talk about how to figure out how to, when to rescue and when not to. But what happens to us in general is that we look at our kids and we start to get freaked out and then we want to raise our net up and we want to rescue them or we want to control them. So we start yelling at them. We start doing extreme consequences. We start, you know, monologuing and worst case scenario and trying to, you know, activate fear inside them. And all of that is coming from our own fear and trying to minimize their mistakes and minimize it. Now, there's room for conversations for sure, but there's not room for, oh my God, you're so irresponsible and this is such a disaster and this is not going to work and you are like... Kind of that shame sprinkle lecture, that's not going to help your child trust that they can go from one side of that tightrope to the other. We want our kids to be willing to keep growing. We want them to keep moving forward on that tightrope to the next developmental stage. We want them to fall a little bit, get back up, keep going. We have our net. So I'm recognizing as I'm talking about this, just how difficult it is. I'm living it right now. There's this push pull of motherhood and you're grappling with, should I lower my net here? Should I let him them have more freedom here? Should I not? Right? There's this conflict between trusting my kids will be okay while also desperately wanting to prevent them from experiencing any pain, discomfort, or failure. Right? So I'm in conflict. You're in conflict. But you have a choice. You can choose your fear and continuing to be in that hyper-controlling, you know, negative thought spiral and maybe communicating that to your kids and that will have the impact it will have on them, which is like, oh my gosh, my parents, you know, don't believe in me and my parents don't trust me. I must not be a, you know, I must be a fuck up right? We don't want our kids to walk around thinking I'm a fuck up or I'm not good enough or I'm not trustworthy or I'm not capable. We want our kids to be thinking, I am capable. I can overcome obstacles. I can think clearly. I can figure it out. I can solve problems. So where do they get those thoughts from? They get them from us. And that's why we have to choose trust. We don't have to. You can choose fear. It's okay. It will play out as it plays out. But I am choosing trust and I coach the people I work with to choose trust. Now, how, what does that actually mean? I'm going to give you some strategies about how to choose trust. So the thing that I take comfort in 
the thing that helps me relax a little bit while raising teens, the thing that gives me a little bit of peace is that I trust myself. I know that I am down below my teenagers. I am not checked out, but I'm also not hyper controlling, but I am watching. I am waiting. I'm holding my breath sometimes. I'm trusting them. I'm hoping they don't fall, but knowing it's okay if they do. And I know it's okay because I have my net ready and I am paying attention. So when I talk about trust, how do I cultivate that? How do I create that, right? So this first part is trusting me and trusting my kid. So I'm going to talk about what it means to trust yourself. This is the thing I know is that you're a mom, right? Or a dad, but this is mostly moms. You're a mom and you are never going to stop being a mom. You have been training your brain and your heart to pay attention to your kids for years and years. You actually need to train yourself to think about them less, <laughs> right? You have to train yourself to trust them more, to let go. And so giving a little bit of dropping your net, you can trust that you're not going to leave it all together, right? You can trust that you will always continue to show up for your kids. You can trust that you are going to help them solve problems, that you are there. So you can trust yourself. Now, how do you do that? For I like to think about past me. I like to think about all the things that I have already done as a mom, all the hard things that I've overcome. And when I spend time thinking about the things I've done, it helps me realize that I'm capable, that I'm wise, that I'm a problem solver, that I figure shit out. So I'm thinking about when Lincoln first went to kindergarten and it was a complete disaster and I pulled him out and I waited a year. That was me. Not rescuing, but using my wisdom. Me using my intuition. Hmm, not good fit. Let's try again. When both of my kids, but mostly Lincoln, was in a traditional school environment and it wasn't working for him, I found an alternative school. I figured it out. We actually moved and found a better fit and went to a, you know, kind of a, it's not a hybrid magnet school in our community, but an alternative elementary school, a Waldorf-based curriculum that was a better fit for my son at that time. I've signed my kids up for things and had them do those things until they seem like they weren't a good fit. So I know when to start and I know when to quit. I know when to intervene. I can trust myself. I've done it before. I have also known that I can get support, right? You're listening to a podcast right now about parenting. Look at how much you can rely on yourself to get wisdom, to get support when you need it. So I can look back and think, wow, I found a parenting coach. I found a family therapist. I got help years ago. And that's why I help people now. I've survived stitches and broken bones. I've watched my kids struggle with bad grades and friendship hardships and emotional pain. I have been in it already as a mom and I've overcome a ton, ton of things. And listen, we've all survived Zoom school, right? We've all survived a pandemic and months of quarantine. Now, did it have an impact on our kids? Yes, 100%. But they are overcoming. We survived that. We kept showing up for our kids when we had to like figure out how to like do online school or whatever. So 
recognizing and honoring your past self and all the intuition she has shown and all the wisdom she has gained, that's important. Being grateful for past you. Being grateful for what you've done or overcome to get you right here. Now, what that's, what's, why that's so powerful is because there's a future you. There's a, a you from five years from now that overcomes this period of time. There's a, a future you, like if you have a 16-year-old, who has a 22-year-old. And that parent, when you have a 22-year-old, you're going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I did the teen thing. Yeah, we got through it. It was rough. We figured it out. My kid's okay now. Right? So you're going you're gonna to look back on this time of your life, and you're going to be like, yeah, I did it. You're going to think you're amazing. You're going to be really proud of yourself. You're going to be really grateful. So choosing that you have your own back and that you can trust yourself is very, very powerful. That's what self-trust is about. Trusting past you did her best, being kind to yourself in this moment, trusting yourself right now that you're doing the best you can and handling things that come your way, trusting that you have your net out, and telling future you, we've got it, girl. You don't need to worry. We're figuring it out. You can trust me. So you've already, you've already survived and overcome so much as a mom, and you're still here, and you're listening to a podcast episode about parenting. Like, amazing. I know you're going to figure out how to raise a teen. I trust you. Now, your kid wants you to trust yourself and they want you to trust them. So the part two about overcoming your fear, one is trusting yourself. The second is trusting your kid. And I'm going to acknowledge that this is harder because when you look at your kid right now, it might be really hard to trust them because of course which I'm going to talk about this a lot in the masterclass, but like your kid has an undeveloped brain. I think of teens as having Swiss cheese brain. <laughs> um, and I'll explain what that is because their brain prunes and, you know, they lose some neural connections and things like that. As other neural pathways get strengthened, some get weakened. So your kid's brain is undeveloped. So they're not really thinking super clearly. Plus, they don't have a lot of life experience. They haven't fallen off that net enough times. They don't know what it's like to like fall, get up, climb those stairs, get back on, cross the net, you know, cross the tightrope again. They just don't have enough um, experience. And so when you look at your teen right now and you're looking at it like, oh gosh, no, I'm supposed to trust this person, this person who just got a speeding ticket, like this person who has seven missing assignments, this person who won't go to their best friend's bar mitzvah because they, you know, got into a fight, like this is the kid you're like, I don't want to trust this person, <laughs> which I understand. So trusting your kid, it's not about finding evidence in the present moment to calm your fear. It's You can't look at today. What you need to do is look at the your child and who they are because you know them deeply. Trusting your kid is about knowing them, who they are at their core, their strengths thinking about things that delight you, knowing what they're capable, what is possible for them. Who are they? What, what makes them tick? At their core, not this teenage version that you're seeing right now, but like, who, who are they? What do you know is true? Like, I know that Lincoln is an extremely 
kind and compassionate person. So when he shows up in a relationship where he's a little self-centered, I don't have to make that mean anything. I can trust that at his core, he is this person and he's going to figure it out. With my other son, I can trust that he is always going to work hard to achieve his goals. So even right now, if it doesn't look like he is a great student or whatever, that I just look at him and I'm like, you're, you're, you are going to become whatever is possible because at your core, you don't give up. At your core, you're willing to work hard. So when we anchor in our beliefs about what we knew, know is true about our kid, it can help us trust them more. Trusting your kid is also about looking towards the future and creating a positive vision for their life. Because what happens is when you spend a lot of time thinking about all the things that could go wrong, you're actually fueling your own fear. And now when you're afraid, listen carefully, when you're afraid, it cuts off your creative and compassionate thinking because fear lives in the limbic center of the brain, in the center. And the thinking part is at the higher part, like in your prefrontal cortex. So when you have too much fear, it's going to trigger your stress response and push you into that primitive stress response state. You're going to become reactive. So fear makes it hard to access the higher parts of the brain where all of your breast, your breast, oops, where all of your best problem solving and planning come from. Okay. So we don't, we, like I said, fear helps us sometimes, but when we um, sit in it and stew in it and keep thinking about how the things that our kids are going to mess up and all the things that could go wrong and all the things that are bad and all of that, you're actually cutting yourself off from doing your best thinking. And your teenager and your children, any age, your teen needs you to be doing your best thinking, solving from hope and possibility. Because this is the thing, your teen's brain is completely freaking out. They're in a tumultuous storm of their life, and you are the witness of it. But they're looking at you, and they're wanting you, they're relying on you to steady the ship a little bit, being the captain, not of their life, but of like mm, the seas, <laughs> right? Where you're like, yep, you can ride these storms. This is temporary. You're going to get through it. This is what it is to be a teenager. It's tumultuous, and I trust you're going to get through it you're going to figure it out. So this means having a vision of the future that is good. One that your teen can borrow from you because they're freaking out. And if they look at you and you're freaking out, then it makes them freak out. <laughs> so I know it's hard, but the more that you can trust yourself and trust your kid, the easier it will be for you to calm some of your fear and show up with that leadership energy. Because when you quiet your fear, it makes it possible for you to get a little bit more into your intuition. Because I want you to be able to look at your kid, the one right in front of you, not from fear, but from like a centered space, eyes wide open, and ask, okay, what do they need right now? Do they need more limits? Maybe. Or maybe they need more connection. Maybe we need to do something together. Well, maybe they need more curiosity. Maybe they need me to just be open to listening. Maybe they need more space to grow. So also looking at me like, hey, am I is my net way up on their business? Do I need to lower my net a little bit? 
So this topic of fear and trust, it's really important. Cultivating trust in yourself and in your kids, it actually makes it much easier for your kids to believe in themselves. They borrow your belief. So if you're raising a teenager right now and you want support on how to cultivate these kinds of concepts of, of trust and you want a, a place to talk about this fear, then you're going to love the Raising Teens Without Losing Your Shit Masterclass. Because when you understand why your teen acts the way they do and you have some tools to manage your mind around their behavior and the struggles they're going through, you will start showing up with less fear. You will listen better to them. You will have better conversations with your teen. You won't feel so worried and angry and sad. So in this 90-minute class, I'm really designing it in such a way that you can um, understand why your teen is acting that way. And that will help you feel less bad about it or normalize it. And will also give you more clarity about what to do. Because after this class, it's 90 minutes, you're going to walk away with so many like, oh, I get it. And then you're going to feel better. And you'll know like, okay, this is why they act that way. This is why it upsets me. And now I have tools of how to set limits and how to manage my mind and, you know, what's appropriate. So you're going to learn to navigate these years without losing your shit. That's the goal. It's $25. It'll be recorded. You'll get a copy. Um, there's an amazing workbook I'm putting together. And plus I have added a 30-minute Q&A right after so you can get your questions answered live right then and there. So I, I'm really excited about this class. I want everybody who has a teenager to be in there. And um, yeah, so if you, you know, this week, I want you to think about where can you drop your net a little bit? Where are you holding too close? Or if you've kind of checked out and you're like, whatever, I don't know, my teen does whatever. Mm, let's get that net back up. Let's communicate to our kids. I've got your back. I know you're making mis decisions. You might make mistakes. I've got your back. I trust you. I trust myself. We're going to be okay. So look at your life right now. Where can you drop your net? And, or where do you need to bring it back up? All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week.